Welcome to the Vision Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and everything happening at Vision, visit us online at visionnwa.com. Hey, would everybody stand up with me this morning? lift your hands all around the auditorium. Just lift them to heaven. Just right where you're at. And I'd like you to say this after me. Heavenly Father, I welcome your presence in me and in this place. just in your own way, begin to thank him for his presence. By the way, sorry, kids are dismissed. I meant to, I was supposed to do that. (laughs) But just say, God, just begin to thank him. Just begin to welcome his presence into you, where you are. You say, Phil, how do I do that? It's very simple. Just say, just say, God, I, I, I set aside what I'm thinking about, what I'm concerned about, what I'm planning. All of my stuff is sideline. I'm focusing on you this morning. And I welcome your presence in my heart. Have your way in us. Speak to us so that you can speak through us. In Jesus' name, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Man, his presence is here. It's been here all morning. grateful for what you're doing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Wow. Wow. Give your neighbor an encouraging word. Just tell them how good it is to see him before you're seated this morning. Wow. And you can be seated. Hey, we want to welcome everybody. And I see a lot of awesome people. And I see some guests, people that I haven't seen before. And, and I want to introduce a couple people because I was real excited um, when I was... I was trying to sneak. They don't have restrooms. That was one thing they should have put in back here. You know, so I got to kind of sneak out. And uh, so uh, anyway, and on my way trying to sneak to the restroom, I saw, um, I saw James Dalton and his wife Jessie here. And I wanted to introduce them because James has a ministry called Pathway to Freedom. And they, it's a prison ministry. And they have a program for people that are two years from parole and are getting ready to come out of parole. And their ministry, when people go through their program and they come out, they get out of prison. Do you know that, is it 70% usually that go back to prison? 73%. Within three years, 70% go back to prison. But on your program, and correct me if I'm wrong, 88% make it 
when they get out. They don't go back to prison. Wow. That's a no-brainer. And so in talking with James, um, you know, God opened a door for us to be able to film uh, because we film our services now. Thanks to COVID, we figured out how to film our services. And that's a blessing. And so what we do now is we're sending it to the prison so that these guys can watch and join us. So if you're watching, we welcome you. The Vision family, come on, guys, we welcome you. We're glad that you're watching this morning. And, uh, and so we're excited once COVID, once it, it gets officially announced, we've announced that it's over, but we thank God that when it gets officially announced that COVID's over, we're going to be taking a team coming down to the prison, down to the Hawkins unit there in Wrightsville, Arkansas. We're going to be paying you a visit. We're looking forward to it. And I'm excited about it. Aren't you? Man, we get an opportunity. I was in prison and you came to me. So I want to say a couple other things and then I'm, I'm going to finally get into my message here. Um, but, I, you know, everything, everything that my wife said about voting, amen. So be it. That's what we're voting for. Yet, listen, I'm telling you, if you haven't figured it out by now, which I'm sure you have, but you're not, you're not voting for a president. You're voting for a culture. You're voting for a standard. And, and I encourage you, if you haven't gotten out there and voted, uh, we, have, um, we have voting guides in the back that you're welcome to take. We have platforms that do a side-by-side comparison between the Republican platform and the Democratic platform so you can read for yourself. And, you know, we shouldn't vote on personality. We should vote on culture. What kind of culture do you want to have? moving forward and so anyway so this today is vision 20 you might be asking Phil what is vision 20 this is four weeks the entire month of of November uh, we're going to have special guests that are going to be speaking and they are going to be imparting vision to you and we have a slogan at vision church vision for life and that's the word of God and all of us need vision in our life it says in Proverbs that people perish for a lack of vision. They don't have a vision for their life, and so their life, they, they wind up perishing in different areas of their life. And so we're excited about that. So I, I was real excited, and I'm, I'm praying about who should we have and what special guests should we invite to come because we don't just want anybody. I mean, we don't just want the popular vote. We want who God has anointed and ordain to be here so that they can impart his life into our life. And so anyway, as I was getting excited about who we're going to have and thinking about who we're going to have, our staff said, Phil, you need to be the first speaker. I went, no, they hear me every week. And they said, no, you need to, you need to set up the conference. You need to talk about the conference and what the vision is for the conference. So that's what I'm going to endeavor to do this morning for you. So if you're excited about it, say amen. <clears throat> and if you're not excited, hopefully you will get there, right? <laughs> so I've shared some of the vision for you. Um, thank you so much, Rebecca. Are you okay? All right. We appreciate you, Rebecca. Man. I'm, I'm so thankful. Rebecca has played ever since we started the church and back when it was just her. It was just her and Zach 
Zach only knew like two or three chords on the guitar, so she was carrying it. So we, we loved Rebecca, and we were so thankful. He, and by the way, Zach's only been playing as long as this church has been going. So a year and a half playing guitar. And uh, man, God has anointed him, and it's amazing. <clears throat> so one of the speakers that we're going to have um, later in the month, and, and actually I asked him if he would, if he would back clean up I mean, you know, because he's going to hit it out of the park. And that's Terry Henshaw. Terry, we traveled with him for five years doing ministry in missions all across the United States. We traveled from coast to coast, from corner to corner, and we did missions uh, all over the United States. Um, there was a production called The 99. It was a walk-through theater that presented the gospel. And so we would come to cities, and we would see literally thousands of people give their lives to Christ. Well, during that time as we traveled... Um, we were in a different church every single Sunday. So let's just use simple math. Okay, let's say that we were in 50 churches a year. That's five years. That's 250 churches, right? And, I, and in all the churches that we went to, I saw the same things in each church. Every church had music. Every church had a message. And every church had an offering, right? These are kind of three foundational things that churches have whenever you go to a church. Um, but there was one thing that is the most important thing that you need to have in any church that I didn't name among those three. And do you know what that was? The presence of God. Jesus in the house. And, and I, could, I can tell you personally how many churches that we went to probably even on one hand, that I sensed the presence of God when I was in there. It's okay. They're landing. It's a runway. They're not going to hit us. But, I, you know, I could count probably on one hand the, the number of churches that we, when we were there, we, we could sense the presence of God. And that's not good. That is the number one Thing And in fact, you know, as we, as we talk as a staff, and I'm so thankful for a staff that we all have the same goal, and that's Jesus. We want Jesus in our music, Jesus in our message, Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noontime, Jesus when the sun goes down. I mean, we, because let me tell you, without Jesus, what are we doing? This is a Corvette club. You guys just might as well bring your Corvettes and dust them off, get them out of the garage and bring them down here because without Jesus, that's what this is, a Corvette club. You should dust off your Corvette and drive it down here anyway. You get to church faster. But that, that's not what God has called this to be. And there's a presence when Jesus is in the house that you can't get any other way. And, and when we value that presence, what did I have you do when we first started? We lifted our hands. What were, and, and what are you doing when you're setting aside your plans, your thoughts, your mentality, the things that you're thinking about, things that you might even be concerned about? When you set that aside and you set your focus on him, because I'm telling you, the devil is the king of squirrel. Squirrel. Right? You guys saw Up, right? The movie Up. And the dogs, you know, your dog is, man, everything is going fine until he sees a squirrel. Our dog, literally, 
Freddie, Rebecca's dog, killed, he caught a squirrel the other day. I thought, I didn't even know that was possible. I thought squirrels were too fast for big 80-pound dogs. But anyway, he caught one, had a great time, and then he played with it. He's like throwing it up in the air. Anyway, I'm sorry. So anyway, I want to make a statement. When we construct services around the central value of his presence, that's where transformation takes place. Okay, I'll say it again. You guys asked. When we construct services around the central value of his presence, that's when we experience transformation in our hearts, in our lives. It only comes through his presence. And let me tell you what our prayer is. Jesus instructed us how to pray, didn't he? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? And that's our prayer here, that it would be at vision as it is in heaven. We've experienced some glory in here. We have. In the last year and a half, we have seen people receive their healing. We literally have seen people, God do miraculous things in legs and in arms, and that's cool. But how many of you know you can experience the power of God without the presence of God? It's possible. You say, how, how does that happen? Well, then how, did, how is it that this, these people that they did signs and wonders in Jesus' name, they cast out demons, but he said, I never knew you. We don't want just the power without his presence. We, we want and need the presence of God in our lives. Why? Because we need him to inhabit us inhabit our spirit because when he inhabits our spirit guess what God is not a roommate with anybody else he won't allow anybody else to live in the house he fills it up completely but it's going to cost what's it going to cost we're going to have to to value him more than we value other things and I'm telling you this month this month of conference and, and, and this progressive conference that we're in, if you will value what God wants to bring to your life, it, it will be life-changing. And you'll be writing dates down. And, man, you're going to be going, do you remember November 2020? Man, I remember 2020. No, no, no. I'm talking about November at Vision Church. God moved. I'm, I'm a little tired of hearing about 2020 and all the negative, all the, all the bummers, all the stink, all the stuff that happened. Okay, it's happened, but Jesus has not come off of the throne. What he did has not changed. And let me tell you, I, 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 you guys, I'm sure, have been able to tell by what I've said who I voted for. Because I've already voted, you know. But regardless, if that guy gets in, awesome. If he doesn't get in, I'm electing Jesus. I've already elected him. He's on the throne of my heart. And then when you have your trust in him and he's filled your life, his presence has filled your spirit, there's not room in there for fear. There's not room in there for panic. There's not room in there for all this other junk. In fact, when stuff happens, 
you'll just lift your hands and go, glory to God. Lord, I thank you. And you'll pray like Paul and you'll say this, God, I thank you that I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by your presence that's in me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. See, all around the nation, people are gathering weekly around a sermon. The Israelites, they encamped around his presence. But here's the thing. We, in order to transition church culture, then we need to recognize his presence. His presence is here. But do you always recognize it? So if you have your Bibles, turn over to Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. Now, there was um, Luke, the writer of Luke, is talking about uh, John the Baptist. And he refers back to a scripture in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 through 5. And this is what he says in Luke chapter 3. Look at verse 4. He says this, And as, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places, uh, I'm sorry, the rough ways smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. In order for God's presence to come in, then we have to prepare the way for his presence to come in. That means that we have to do this. We have to clear away obstacles, things that would prevent his presence from being able to come in to our lives and in our heart. How many of you know the devil loves to, give you, to sidetrack you? If he senses that you're pressing in to his presence, that you're pressing in through prayer, or you want to hear from God, or you're, you're saying, God, come. Inhabit me. And you're opening yourself up to him. How many of you know he wants, to, he wants to get your mind off of that? He wants to get your mind on other things so that he can pull you away from God's presence. Why? Because when God fills you, he's what comes out of you. And that's what makes a difference. Good preaching, Pastor Phil. So... Why? <laughs> Why do we want to prepare a way? Because we want his glory to be revealed in our lives. See, power, things that happen, miracles, signs, and wonders are a byproduct when you're filled with his presence. They come with it. When his presence is in you, man, then miracles, signs, and wonders happen. I'm telling you, I... I can't tell you of the times that people have called me. And there was a woman that I knew. And, and in fact, her and her husband are still partners with our ministry. And, but I remember when we first met, I began to talk to her about Scripture. And we had a conversation about the Scripture, 3 John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And so I began to talk to her about that. And I began to talk about how God wants us to prosper because... In, you know, if you look up the meaning of that scripture, it's talking about uh, being blessed in financial affairs. And she said, well, Phil, that just seems like heresy to me. 
And she, in essence, called me a heretic. Thank God for people that will continue to have a conversation with you and not just get offended, you know, because <laughs> we continued the conversation. And this conversation continued for months and months and months. And I thought, man, God, I don't know if, if I'll ever be able to convince her that, of, of what your word says, that, that you wish above all things that we would prosper and be in health. Now, some people look at 3 John 2 and they say, no, you know, John, he was just writing a letter and that's just a howdy letter to Gaius. Well, if that's all you think it is, then it shouldn't be in the Bible. Right? You know, and so it's not that I was trying to prove it to her. I, we, she was the one that asked me about it. And I was just trying to explain it, but I, I began to pray for it. And do you know what happened? God began to work on her heart. Now, one thing that really helped is she was a great lover of people. She loves people. I mean, I saw that anointing in her for people. She just loves everybody. It didn't matter. And it was amazing, the kind of love. I learned a lot from the way that she loved people. But you know what it did? It opened up her heart to begin to search the word. And she allowed the presence of God to begin to come in to her life. Well, in Nashville, where she lives now, she was in a business building downtown. And she was at the the front reception desk where the security guard is. And she had set her phone down, turned around, got in her purse, did something, turned back around, and her phone was gone. And so she asked the security guard, where where did my phone go? I'd set my phone right here. And he said, I don't know. And then another lady said, I think I saw that other guy pick it up. And he was already out the door and down the block. And so she began to pray out loud in front of this security guard. But her, let me kind of give you an example of her prayer. Because she had been studying the word of God, and his presence had begun filling her up. So this is her prayer. I just speak to my phone now in Jesus' name. Phone, you come back to me. Lord, I thank you that you're convicting that man. And this security guard is going. Okay. <clears throat> Can I help you, ma'am? You okay? You know? She said, no, I speak to my phone to come back in Jesus' name. And the security guard, when she got done, he goes, you know, we, we could call the phone. She said, that's a great idea. And so he dialed the phone for her. Well, so the phone rang, and the guy picked up. He answered the phone. Yeah. Man, you steal the phone. You answer it. And, and so she said, she said, I'm the person that owns this phone, and I'm asking you to please bring it back to the building where you took it. I'm still here at the reception desk. Click. Hangs up on her. And she said, I'm, I'm going to pray again. And the security guard's like, in Jesus' name. And now she's walking back and forth. Let me tell you, this, this is the same woman that called me a heretic. And look at what God has done in her life because she began to press into his word because she began to open herself up to a different idea. I, I never finished that, did I? She began to believe 3 John 2. And so anyway, so she's praying again. I got to finish this up. Praying again, short story is, he brought the phone back to her. And then she prayed for him. Had the security guard help her. She prayed for this guy. That God would bless him. She even gave him some money for bringing her phone back. Man, look at God. Look at God. I had my Suburbans, I watched it be stolen 
taken from my driveway. It drove down the street as I'm watching. And we prayed. And guess what God did? He brought my Suburban back. The guy even paid restitution. Man, these are the types of things. But these are, these are things that I don't focus on. These are things that should come with me being filled with the presence of God. See, we don't seek the signs and wonders. We seek the man. But let me, let's go back to this prepare the way. I learned something this last week, and it was so inspiring to me. I learned it from Rick Renner and Bill Johnson. It's the word apostle. I've always, I've always liked that word apostle. It just sounds official, you know. And, but that word comes from Roman, uh, the Roman army. This was actually a, a Roman soldier of higher rank. And so whenever they would take over a land and, and, and they would, you know, they, they would win a war, then this guy, they would send this guy in and he would bring with them artisans and uh, architects and he would bring linguists in with them and they would, they would teach them the Roman language and they would rebuild this city because whenever they went into a city, they burned it. They knocked down everything. And so they would rebuild it, and they would use Roman architecture. And so when they rebuilt hey, I didn't see you. Good to see you. And, and so when they would rebuild it, and, and, and now it was this Roman architecture, so that when the emperor came, he would feel comfortable coming to the city. Isn't that interesting? What's our body? Our body has become, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, the temple of the Holy Spirit. You become redesigned. You get a new language. Man, think about this. And what has he done? He now can come in and inhabit. He feels, oh, this is home. Man. I'm looking around at some amazing homes right here in this auditorium. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's inside you. And he said, so he said, make straight a highway for our God. The first thing he said was, every valley shall be filled. Every valley shall be filled. The New Century Version says this, every valley shall be raised up. What is this talking about? When sin is raised up, you're able to see it and deal with it. As long as sin remains hidden, you can't deal with it. I get to work with young men uh, at Loving Choices. I, I get to do counseling with, with fathers. of It's a crisis, pregnancy crisis resource center, and so many of them are shocked to find out we're pregnant. Uh-oh. And so they come in, and so I get to, I get to minister to them and, and talk to these guys. And one of the things that I talk about uh, recently, I was talking with one guy because he was getting, they, wanted, they were going to get married. They'd been together anyway for a long time, and, and oops, they got pregnant, but they said, we're going to go ahead and just go ahead and get married. And I said, I think that's a great idea. I said, but before you do, you need to have this conversation. You need to pull everything out of your closet, and you guys need to talk about it. You don't want anything coming out. You don't want to hide anything back here. Why? Because if you raise it up, you can deal with it. What about, what about gold? When gold is purified, what happens? When it's the right temperature, the impurities float to the top. And then what can they do? They scrape off the impurities. 
Man, that's what the Holy Spirit does in our life. That's why sometimes you're being reminded of things. Not to make you feel bad, but so you can deal with it. Men, some of you guys are dealing with maybe anger. You get angry at, at, at moments. And could it be that God is making you aware that you need to change that? He's, that's being brought to the surface. Some guys, you know, I've seen some guys, they've, repent, they've repented and asked God to forgive them. And, and then like a couple days later, and, and they're, I mean, they're living, they're living for God, living right. And then this thing comes to the surface. Why? So that it can be dealt with. So that you can repent of it and get it under the blood. It's not that, it's not that you, you weren't broken of it. He's given you an opportunity to, to deal with it, to repent. Man, and sin coming to the surface is not a bad thing. Listen to what the message said. The message said this. It said, fill in the valley. How many of you know sin leaves a hole? It can leave a hole in your life. And so it's time to fill that valley up. When we were in the Dominican Republic, uh, the first time we went, uh, that I went, Nicole had actually been there before, uh, and she'd been to Haiti. When, when I married Nicole, there, I couldn't take her anywhere. She'd been everywhere. It was so disappointing. Uh, so I took her to Disney World. She'd never been to Disney World. You know, hey, and uh, it was a good time. But anyway, but I, when we went to the Dominican and we got there, and, uh, you know, the Dominicans, they drive, and they have their own style of driving. I mean, there's no lights. There's no, you know, you're, you're honking at people, and you're, you can't go very fast anywhere. But so Terry, our director at the time we were traveling, the guy that's going to be here at the end of the month, he, he said, Phil, uh, we have a medical team here. We have a couple of doctors, and I want you to drive them to this lady's house because she's the administrator of the hospital. I want, I want them to meet with her. And I went, you want me to what? I want you to drive them to the... I said, did you say drive? You want me to actually drive the, the van? He said, yeah. I said, oh, Jesus. You know, and I said, help me, Lord. And so I... So I'm, and then it's at night on top of it. But anyway, we got there safely. But I learned how to drive. But there were potholes. And not just, I mean, lose your front end potholes. And they had these, they don't have speed humps, that little bumps. They have speed like dead deer in the road that you're going over. And so anyway, so, but fill, <laughs> fill the space. That's what I'm trying to get to. So let's read out of Matthew chapter 12. Turn over to Matthew chapter 12. And this will pull all this together. You guys with me? You hanging in there? Everybody okay? We're so thankful to get to spend Sunday morning with you guys. I am. I'm so thankful. Uh, Matthew chapter 12. Look at verse 43. There was a Pharisee that asked a question, and he, he wanted to see a sign. And so this is a part of Jesus' answer to this Pharisee. And he says in verse 43, he says, When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes in and he takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation. This is a person 
that gets their life. They make a decision. They might have come to an altar. They might have answered a call. They might have, but they've come to a place where they've made a decision and, and they have gotten rid of that in their life. They've been made free. That's been kicked out of the place in their life and everything has been swept and put in order. But the challenge is they haven't replaced it. We have to fill our life. Why? Because God can't inhabit a place where sin exists. Some people might get free from something, but they're holding on to something else. You can't have, God's not going to have a roommate. Why? Because he wants to inhabit the whole thing. He wants all of us, not portions you know, I'll never forget that pastor. I started laughing. He said, I think when some people get baptized, they hold their wallet up out of the water because they don't want to give all of themselves. Mm. Wow, there's a lot of truth to that. You become the temple of the presence of God. And when you displace something, you have to replace it. That's why when the Romans took over a land, they inhabited it. They made it theirs. Israel did the same thing. Remember, God gave them the promised land. They went in and they inhabited the cities. You have to fill the space. When my wife and I um, traveled for those five years, we lived in a 38-foot RV. So you know what that meant? That meant everything that we owned was in this RV, 38 square feet. We had this little closet, this one rack for your shirts, and everything else, coat, whatever, you know. And so our first RV, they had the closets and the doors, which I didn't understand the doors because you couldn't get them open all the way, the bed and everything. And so when we got our second RV, uh, when I picked it up, it was completely empty. There was nothing in it. I mean, wires hanging from the ceiling, but it was a diesel pusher. I mean, that baby would get up and go. And, I mean, you passed the UPS truck, you know, on the highway. That was a good thing. And, but I got to customize it. I got to build it the way we wanted it. And so, man, we put in this large closet, you know, that was all open. And we put in the shelves and, and all these racks. But even at that, our, let me tell you how RV living goes. You buy a shirt, you give a shirt away. You don't have space for it. You buy something, you get rid of something else. Why? Because you just don't have the room, same thing. The Holy Spirit, he, he, wants to po- he wants to populate your heart. The presence of God wants to fill your life. And so there's no room for anything else. Yeah. All right, next one. He said, every mountain and hill brought low. What's he talking about? The mountain of pride. Pride brought low. In uh, Proverbs 29, verse 23 in the message, it says this. Pride lands you flat on your face. Humility prepares you for honors. Meaning, humility enables you to be able to handle the favor that God brings on your life. You can't do it without humility. The enemy, though, he comes as an angel of light. He brings pride as an angel 
of light. Think about that, an angel of light. That's like convincing. Looks like God. Sounds like God. It's like, it's like the Mission Impossible movies. Remember, the, put the mask on, and you don't know who's really in there until they pull that mask off. And you go, ooh, wait a minute. That was the enemy? But you know what? The Holy Spirit, he can show you. He can reveal you when he's populating your heart. The enemy may knock at the door, but he'll open the door and say, nah, no thanks. I don't want any Girl Scout cookies. There's no room for you in here. Thank you, Lord. I think about, I think about uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Turn over to Daniel 4 as I get ready to wrap up. I'm, I'm going to ask the team to come back. Come on back, guys. We love you. Daniel chapter 4. Now, this is interesting. This is Nebuchadnezzar. You remember Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon that he took... I mean, you want to talk about somebody that just dominated. Every war they fought, they won. And they, they took all of these kingdoms captive. And then they took Israel captive. And listen to what he says here in verse 29 of Daniel 4. This is Nebuchadnezzar talking. He's up on his terrace looking over his vast kingdom, his vast wealth. And he says that it says in verse 29, at the end of the 12th month, he was Waking, or walking, excuse me, about the royal palace of Babylon, the king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? And verse 31 says that while those words were still in the king's mouth, mouth a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. And they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be among the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He, has driven, he was driven from men, ate grass like oxen, his body was wet with the dew from heaven till, till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like the bird's, like a bird's claw. Man. Wow. Everything belongs to God. All this belongs to God. We, we have been given authority over it. But we're under shepherds. This isn't Phil and Nicole's church. This is the church of God. But we're the under shepherds that God brought us into the kingdom for such a time as this. And let me tell you, it's so humbling. Man, I come before God often like Solomon and say, God, you, you know how to do this. You know, you, I, you remember Solomon's prayer? He said, God, who can rule? Your people. And, and it's a heart of humility. We can learn a lot from that. When we take a heart of humility and we put down pride, then God's able to use us at a much greater level. Why? Because he knows he can trust you. Because you're putting your trust in him because you recognize, I can't do this without you. See, because you got in this conference or any time, you don't need to hear from Phil. Do you? <laughs> I mean, we all 
need to hear from Jesus. Amen. So then the last one says that, where am I? Okay. The rough places, or no, not the last one, next to last. The crooked places made straight. This is, this is clear understanding. You know, without a clear understanding of the difference between right and wrong, there is no truth. We're seeing that in our culture today. You know, that there's people that are confused about what's, what's right and what's wrong. And it's because they haven't settled it in their heart that, that what the Bible says is truth. It's truth. But this gives us clarity. Look at what it says in the Passion Translation. It says, every deception will be exposed and replaced by truth. What did Jesus say in John 8? He said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Truth is clear and distinct direction. It's vision for life. And then the last one was this, the rough places made smooth. See, the Holy Spirit, he sands down those rough places in our lives. That's why those things come to the surface. You know, we talked about scooping off, sanding off. My dad used to have this wheelbarrow, and it had the wooden handles, but he had had it for so long that the sun had faded it for so long. You couldn't use it without putting gloves on because you'd get a handful of splinters. And that's the way it is if you don't allow God to shave off that stuff in your life. Do you have a prickly personality? Are you a prickly person when people get around you? Do they get stuck with, ow, yeah, got to pull that out because, man, they were like that? I hope not. Do our words and our manners and our actions hinder other people from reaching out to grab hold of Jesus? Wow. I've heard people to refer to people that get easily angered as a rough person, prickly person, unforgiving. So why, why am I sharing all this with you? Why do we need to make the rough places smooth? Why do we need the mountains to come down and the valleys to be filled? Why do we need all this to happen? So that, so that you can have a highway for God's presence into your life. Have you ever been to Branson, Missouri, and, and driven that highway from Springfield down to Branson? It's a real nice highway. But if you look, you see the mountains that have been cut out, and you see the valleys that have been raised so that you have a nice highway to get from Springfield to Branson. And see, God wants to have that same ability to enter our life. I wonder, for some people, what obstructions are in the way? What things are we allowing to create roadblocks from his presence being able to come. When he does come, does he feel comfortable there? I've been in meetings before where the Holy Spirit, man, just dropped. I mean, it's, you know, I was in a Bible study one time. And uh, one of these days, I'm going to get this guy to come and preach for us. It's Cleddy Keith. He's like, he's one of the last remaining generals of, of the faith still out there. I just love this guy because, because I went to a little Bible study he was having in this little back room of a church. And when I walked in there and he opened his mouth and he read the first scripture, was it not, Zach, you were there, and Nicole, was it not like the presence of God just went, and we were just like, 
his presence. But I've also been in places where his presence was there. But then it left. Why? I don't know about you, but we want to go to a new level at Vision Church with God's presence. We, we want his presence to be here all the time. And I know you would agree with that. that we, I mean, we need him. We need his presence here. And we don't want to do anything to hinder people, uh, hinder his presence, I mean, from being able to come in and minister to people and to flow through us. My prayer is, God, flow in me, flow through me, but please flow in spite of me. Teach me. If, I, if I'm not doing something that I need to alter, help me because I don't want to ever hinder your presence from being able to flow into people's lives. Would you stand up with me this morning? Pastor Phil, why do we need God's presence? And I know you're probably not asking that, but I'm just going to answer it just for the sake of answering it. And that's this, is that all, so that all flesh will see His glory. So that all flesh will see His glory. We want Him to manifest here so that addictions will be broken, people will be set free, healings will take place, and so that every person that's here, they would be filled with God's presence as well. So that when you walk out of here, Instead of getting squeezed by coronavirus and coronavirus coming out, when you get squeezed by coronavirus, Jesus comes out. Yeah, I understand how you feel about that. I know there's a lot of people going through it, but aren't you glad that Jesus is our healer? Aren't you glad that we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover? These signs will follow those who believe. Hey, can I pray with you? so many opportunities so many so many times I was at <clears throat> I dropped my shirts off at the cleaners a few weeks back and, and when I went there this lady kept complaining about her wrist she had a thing on her wrist she had one of those you know wrist whatever they are and, and I could tell she was like <clears throat> you know it was like hurting her and I said could I pray over your wrist could I pray for you and she said Thank you. Would you? And people are, they want to see God's presence manifest. But you know what? We've got to be full of his presence so his presence can manifest in their life. I can't give people what I don't have. My mom, uh, growing up, I grew up in a Christian home, and I'm so thankful because they, man, it impacted my life forever. That's why I'm, I'm here right now doing what I'm doing. It's a part of it. But, but my mom has seen some of the things that we've done with our kids and the way we've raised them. And she said, oh, I wish I would have known to do that. I was like, mom, don't feel bad. I mean, you gave us what you knew at the time. But when, as we grow, we begin to know more and God can take us to more places. He can use us at a greater level. So here's my point this morning. Here's what I want to pray over all of us. Is that this month, these next three services that we're going to have, 
I want to prepare the way this morning so that his presence can fill this place up, fill our lives up the next three Sundays. I encourage you, man, if, if, if you can at all make plans to be here or you can readjust things so that you're able to be here, these next three weeks are going to be amazing. But, but all I'm doing right now is I just want to lay the groundwork. Is that okay? We just lay some groundwork so that we're open. We're ready to receive. We're ready to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us. Phil, I'm a little concerned. What if the Holy Spirit comes in and he has me do something goofy? You know, I've never had the Holy Spirit ask me to do something goofy. I have had the Holy Spirit ask me to do something uncomfortable. Praying for other people out in public, that was not comfortable for me. That was, there was a day that was not comfortable. But you know what I see now? Like the girl at Seven Brew, when she's coughing and, and I could tell her nose is red and, and she doesn't feel well and she's trying to take my order. And I said, I said, let me pray for you. No, I'm all right. No, let me pray for you. I, okay. Man, I pray for her. Man, thank you. Thank you so much. Is that goofy? No, I'm trying to help somebody. I'm trying to let God use me to be able to help other people. And that's all I'm asking. I'm just asking you to open yourself up to him and let him do what he wants to do in you so that he can do what he wants to do through you. And I'm telling you, this will be a life-changing month. Do you believe it? Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Vision Church. If you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give.